0: Hello everyone and welcome to USA Global TV and radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network where we currently have 29 live broadcasts each week with team members from around the world. Our show today is The Corner Bookstore where we feature authors as well as aspiring writers. My co-host and the star of our show today is no stranger to writing, to publishing, to being a master storyteller. Her name is Diane floyd Beam. Let's welcome her to the show and then we'll bring out our guest. Hi, Diane. Hi, how are you today? I'm um, Well, thanks, how are you?
1: Much better, thank you for asking. <laughs> for those um, who are listening, I think I ate some salad that didn't set too well. <laughs>
0: Well, you're looking quite beautiful and you're blending in with the background really well. I love that. I'm still dressed for what's trending, the show we had before this. So I was in the Rose Garden and I didn't get to change to the book background, but you look great. Thank you. I'm so, excited about today's show? Yes. Yes, we love have it, an author. It who we're going to be talking about reinventing ourselves after 50, which I certainly know all about. I left my corporate career and started doing this full-time without any experience. We're also going to be talking about suspense as well as travel. But before we bring out Sherry, let's talk a little bit about what you've been doing, Diane. You're constantly having one book published after another. I literally cannot keep up. And uh, you're you're always here on our platform doing our shows too. So I really take my hat off to you and thank you for finding the time to to do all that you do here for USA Global TV and radio while you're doing so much with your writing. Tell us more
1: be happy to. Number one, I love being part of USA Global TV family. So thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. It's a real privilege. Um, so yes, um, recently my book, A Time to Fly came out and it's doing really well and I'm I'm so excited about it. And and But my new book coming out now is Charlie and the Tire Swing. And you're Woo! one of the... You're about it, Dr. Jacqueline, and it will be available, well, it's pre-order now on Amazon, and it will come out on October the 8th, so I'm very, very excited, and that book is dedicated to my son because he was the
0: boy on the tire swing. Ah, I didn't know that, Diane. Wow, and a time to fly. They were birds in your garden, in your backyard, right? That is absolutely correct, so... Anyway, it's it's exciting. And
1: I, um, I do love writing stories. You know, I was a storyteller first in the classroom. And even when I was a little kid growing up, having my friends, come on, I want to tell you a story. You know? <laughs> so it's fun to put it to print. And I'm so excited that you have this show um, to help authors like myself be uh, known to people because it's really hard to be known. So I'm extremely excited to talk with our author today and travel because, you know, we both love to travel.
0: Yes, we love to travel. And Diane, I also wanted to mention that you are one of our expert presenters on our Talking Heads platform, and you've been sharing your wisdom and knowledge about being a master storyteller. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Sure. I'll be happy to. Talking Heads is a wonderful platform for everyone listening and um, watching. It's a way to, um, not just with myself, learning about ways that you can get started writing, how to Get that story idea out there and be the author that you always wanted to be. Um, I'm also going to be doing uh, lessons coming up soon that have to do with my former life that I loved doing, which was being in the classroom and helping kids read and lesson plans, ideas and things like that. But some of the other talking idea, head ideas are really good. Like I absolutely love listening to the wise one. He's, he's really, really good. Thank
0: you, <laughs> Dr. Thank you so much, Diane. So our guest is joining us from Pennsylvania. I love Pennsylvania. That's where I was born and. In- Philadelphia, and she is a former corporate executive, and she has turned to writing, to becoming an author, to a novelist, and she really has a, a wonderful interest in suspense novels, but she has now a, a new travel memoir coming out, which is the first part of two, and it's called Beyond the sunset. Let's welcome Sherry Knowlton to the program. Hi, Sherry.
2: Hello. Thanks for having me today.
0: It's our pleasure to have you. So let's get right into it. We we're talking about reinventing ourselves after 50. Tell us about the corporate career that you left.
2: Okay. Well, um, actually, my career had two parts. So let me tell you about both parts a little bit. Um, the first, I spent uh, 20 years uh, working in Pennsylvania state government. Uh, and my last job there was I ran the state's Medicaid It's $6 billion Medicaid program. At the time, it was $6 billion. Um, It's much more now, I think. Uh, But like uh, many appointments, that one in state government, that one was political. Uh, And so uh, the administrations changed, and I had to move on. I was asked to leave, and I had been expecting it uh, because it was a pretty controversial position that I was in. Uh, And so then I moved to the corporate side uh, and uh, worked in Medicaid managed care, uh, which is a health insurance for low income people. I also did some Medicare work um, with um, Independence Blue Cross. So, Dr. Jacqueline, you may be familiar with them um, from living in Philadelphia. Uh, And uh, I worked for them for many years. Uh, and then I had a chance for early retirement because of some corporate changes, and I took it uh and went into sort of my third phase of career uh life slash life where I did consulting uh in the area of government programs, health insurance. That type of thing. And I still do a very, very little bit of that. But it's phased out uh, as I have really taken on this uh, really lovely task of writing those novels that I always said I wanted to write but never had the time to do.
0: Wow, that's fascinating! Thank you for sharing that. When you brought up Independence Blue Cross, I kind of got a chill because I had friends who worked; <laughs> and they were executives there for a long time. That was that was a while ago. So, so really exciting. So, how do you feel in this new chapter?
2: Oh, I'm having the time of my life. Actually, um, you know, I was uh, I, I've really always. I think I've loved almost every job I've had. There may be one or two that, I, you know, I, I had a little issues with along the way, but um, I always loved my work, both in the government and the corporate sector. Uh, so I thought I would really miss it desperately when I left. Uh, but instead I find that I really love being sort of now little bit of consulting but mostly semi mostly retired except that i have the time to both travel my husband and i travel a lot and write novels and you know the first one which was called dead of autumn that was released back in uh 2014 uh what it was I, i wrote the book thinking you know, if, this is the time. If you're ever going to write this book you've been talking about for years, now's the time. And I did. Um, and then I had to learn a whole new um, area of uh, of business, which is how to get a book uh, published. Uh, but I was lucky. I, I found a publisher very, fairly quickly um, through some uh, contacts at conferences and things. I gave them, went through the normal process uh, where you either give an agent or a publisher some some pages and they come back to you. And I guess I hadn't really anticipated anything at first beyond that first book. It was just like, well, can I write a book? Uh, and can I get it published? Uh, and uh, now I'm on the... I have five Alexa Williams suspense novels out there in the universe, uh, as well as this new novel uh, w- memoir, sorry, which just released on Tuesday called Beyond the Sunset Adventures Outside My Comfort Zone. Uh, and I'm uh, a second travel memoir is coming out in December, the second volume as well. Um, I'm working on the sixth volume in Alexa Williams. So obviously I'm having a great time uh, writing these books. And uh, it's it's been um, a, a nice thing to do uh, as I've gotten away from the, the corporate world. Uh, and it's keeping me busy, but not too busy. <laughs>
1: Congratulations, wow. (laughs) Are you right in your sleep?
2: (laughs) Uh, No, well, you know, it's funny you say that. One of the things I used to do when um, I worked at Independence Blue Cross was. I was part of a, a group that uh, wrote proposals to state governments to try to win new Medicaid business. Uh, and I would wake up. I kept a tablet, mind by mind, by my bedside sorry hard to say um and and i'd wake up in the middle of the night and like say oh i gotta put this in the proposal (laughs) i don't do that quite as much now now it's usually during the day i'll write down little notes that come to mind and it doesn't keep me up at at nights the the way that uh, the work did the
0: work did (laughs) <laughs> so, it that separate world behind. Woo! I love it. So, Sherry, tell our audience, just in case people are wondering, what is a memoir, and specifically a travel memoir?
2: Okay. Well, um, what a, a travel uh, generally travel memoirs um, uh, are. I guess they they run the gamut, but they're somebody telling their own travel story of. Uh, and you know it can it, it, there's many different types where somebody will tell about a specific journey um you know somebody will tell about their whole lifetime of travel um and with me what had happened is people had been telling me for years, as my husband Mike and I uh, would tell stories when we came back from trips, uh, that some people found entertaining, at least uh, or interesting. And during the pandemic, uh, we couldn't travel anymore. We, you know, like most of the world, we were uh, at home, uh, sheltering in place, and. Uh, I just didn't feel like the time to write another suspense novel. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try to write about our travels. And uh, from the way that I've constructed these this travel memoir is a little bit different the first couple of chapters in the first volume is more linear where it talks about, um, you know, how I think I came to be a traveler uh, and our early years of travel, what we did, some hiking, um, then we got into sailing for a while. Uh, But then the rest of the book is a combination of essays about topics, things like uh, wild animal encounters, or modes of transportation, or people that we met along the way. Uh, And also there's some travel tips uh, Chop uh, sort of as one chapter in each book with some travel tips, and then there's some recommendations that are uh, contained within some of the anecdotes and so forth. So it's a little bit of a different twist on a travel memoir, but you know, I didn't want to write a book about, you know, what's the best place to eat in Bangkok or something like that. I, I, I wanted I'm not expert enough to do that, but I certainly think that um, I've traveled enough that I have some interesting stories to tell and uh, and share with readers who are either interested in traveling themselves or maybe they just uh, like to sit at home and read other people's travel adventures.
0: That's beautiful. Thank
1: you, Diane. I love that. I and you know, kudos for you for realizing I don't want to write something that there's so many other people have done. You know, what's the best this, mm-hmm. that, and have you gone to Bangkok? Ten best things to do and so mm-hmm. forth. But I love there's there's so many layers to what you said about writing about stories, essays. I love that. Not only for your reader, but for your family and family members to come, they're going to know you. And I just really love that. You know, it's
2: funny, funny that you say that because, um, my, um, what do you call your daughter-in-law's mother? Is she my co-mother-in-law or uh, but, uh, <laughs> So I just call her friend. <laughs> yes, my friend, my friend Lynn I um, had a read it mother. <laughs> Yes. Um, She read an early version of the book um, uh, just before it was published. And uh, what she um, said to me was that what a wonderful gift to our granddaughters, because of course there are joint granddaughters. Um, And she said, they'll be able to read this uh, and, you know, know a little bit more about their grandmother and grandfather. And I truthfully, uh, it was a perspective I hadn't even thought about. I was just so, uh, you know, uh, determined to get all of these uh, little stories down on paper. Uh, I had, and, and it's it's interesting that you say the same thing as Lynn did.
1: I'm all about family history, but in a way I'm really glad that you did not think about that first because it could have gotten in the way of what oh. you wanted to say. Does that make sense? Like, oh, do I really it, want my kids to read yeah. that? Right.
2: Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, You know the the one thing i just want to refer to in beyond the sunset volume on adventures outside my comfort zone you have shown just by telling us about your career you're not afraid to get out of your comfort zone but so many people are the, the, especially from the pandemic, there are people who really excelled and then there are people who really went backwards. What do you think it takes based in your experience to get out of your comfort zone and be happy doing it?
2: You know, that's, that, that's, a, that, you're making me do some self analysis here, right? <laughs> yeah. That, that's pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I guess a, a certain amount of, uh, I guess, vision and that that might sound a little goofy but or you know uh, but you know that you can see something in the future or outside of your normal uh, day-to-day stuff that you do um i think a little bit of restlessness um even in my career um well, especially in my career, I got sort of bored if I did the same thing for too long. Um, So I, um, there was a a point when I worked for state government where luckily they were promotions, but I got uh, like a different job every couple years. Um, And, and a lot of those jobs involved designing new programs. So that was one of my favorite jobs where, you know, I designed uh, new policy and also new state programs like uh, a rape crisis program or a domestic violence program, family planning program at one point in my career. Um, and you know, I enjoyed sort of doing new things and 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 pushing the limits a little bit um, and trying things out. And I guess there's a little element too of being, fearless now that can get you in a little trouble <laughs> so you don't mm-hmm. want to be too fearless um but i think that's an element of um i, I don't want to wax too philosophical but i, I there's a, a strain uh in the, the united states these days that i see where people are afraid of things that are different um mm-hmm. And, you know, I I feel really sad when um, I encounter an instance of that, because to me, uh, you know, finding out what's different about the different is uh, one of the most intriguing things you can do in life. And, you know, that's one of the things that is intrinsic to travel. You just get to meet new people, see new places, uh, you know, see just wonderful, uh, natural beauty, uh, both around our country and the world. Uh, and so that those are things, I think, elements that I think are important to people who want to stretch, want to go outside their comfort zone. I think you can train yourself to do it. I, you know, I think if you put your, excuse me, toe in the water, Um, you might find that you actually can put your ankle in and it's just fine. Um, And then just keep going.
1: I love that. Yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you. You're you're right about um, people being afraid of not everyone, of course, of things. No, no. But I'm like you and I know Dr. Jacqueline is that it is exciting to find something different and learn about it, you know, I'm, I remember uh, my husband took me to an Indian restaurant for the first time in the uh, 80s, and I'd never been to one, and he ordered tandoori chicken, and I had never seen chicken cook like that before. I'm like, uh, uh-huh. that- looks a little red. Uh, I don't think I want to eat it. And he goes, no, 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 it's really good. But he goes, just try it. And so, of course, I was like, oh, my gosh,
0: just give me the whole chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes a certain yeah. level of curiosity. And, and that's I should, true. Yeah, I, I was many years, many, many years ago, I went to New York City for the first time. I was with my parents and we were sitting at an outdoor cafe. And I love the fact that people were speaking all different languages Everybody looked Mm -hmm. different, and I was just curious, whereas other people be like, oh, I don't want to be here because nobody looks like me, nobody's speaking English. So I think people are really missing out by not getting to learn about other cultures, and especially when you travel. Diane's traveled all over the world as well, and uh, the things that you learn and the people that you Mm -hmm. meet is just so inspiring. So kudos to you, Sherry, for capturing it, it through writing. Do so you Thank have a favorite place you've gone to or is that hard to say? I know it is
1: for me.
2: <laughs> oh, that that's really hard um uh, because, you know, there's so many different types of places. Um I I will have to say that Africa, the the African continent is one of those places that my husband and I have returned again and again on safaris. I think we've been there 7 times now and we're going again next summer. Uh, so we do like to go to uh, Africa. Uh, we like animals. Um, and so what better place to go to see animals uh, in the wild. Uh, but, you know, we've been beautiful places from Tahiti to uh, Indonesia to uh, uh, St. John in the Virgin Islands. Uh, and, and, you know, we, oh, um, there's just um i'm not sure what that is um we just uh came back from the amazon and a place in Pantanal called in brazil called the Pantanal, where we we saw jaguars in the wild so that was fun you know so every place has th- there have been a few places i probably wouldn't go back to again but you know that's a little matter of personal preference so um but a- africa is high on my list definitely
0: Sherry, I'm going to introduce you, if it's okay with you, to one of our team members, Janetta Barry. She's actually in East Africa. Her son oversees oh. uh, several safaris. I don't really know what they're called. Uh, he's a safari guru, and we just interviewed him yesterday on our show, Global Adventures. So maybe you can connect, and he can take. Oh you wow!
2: <laughs> yeah, no, now we've been to East Africa, in Kenya, and Tanzania, and Uganda. Uh, we mm-hmm. went on a gorilla. Uh, thing in uh, Uganda. Um, but this time, this next time, we're going to Southern Africa, which Botswana is one of the countries we've really grown to yeah. love. And in fact, my last Alexa Williams book, um, I based it uh, it all takes place in Botswana even though they're usually here in Pennsylvania but she took a trip <laughs> and uh, and so it was about elephant poaching in Botswana and of course in 2019 right before the pandemic hit I had to go to Botswana to do the research uh, and so my husband and I were there for a month on safari and uh, spent time in the wild with a young woman who does lion research so I could write about lion research. So um, I I envy uh, this guy who gets to do his whole life, uh, you know, based around safaris. It would be wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. In fact, uh, he and his wife, they have to drive their children an hour and a half each way to school where they live it's so remote but um so what i'd love for you to share just what you were speaking about when you go and you spend a month doing your research what are some of the things that you take away because you're leaving your comfort zone right you're leaving this the what you know in your environment where everything is what's that experience
2: like um yes well shall i talk about africa just since that's what we've been talking about um on the uh it's funny because we had been to Botswana several times um, and uh, I really want most of my even suspense books have um, uh, some themes about things that I'm interested in. And I'm very interested in environmental issues and conservation issues. So I wanted to write the book about elephant poaching. Um, And, uh, but as I sat down to write, I, I realized Hey, you know, you've been to on safari for a couple of weeks at a time in Botswana, but what do you really know about, for instance, being a lion researcher? Or, you know, I did a lot of online research, like I usually do for my books, about things like elephant poaching. But I really needed a, a perspective from um, people who were really experts. So. Uh, in Botswana, we did a, a sort of a combination thing. Um, we went to uh, on a safari and some friends actually accompanying us on safari. But we had our own guide, a wonderful guide named Dave Luck, uh, and he was so patient with me and um, Every day I would have all of these questions where I would be taking notes, because once again, observing uh, is different uh, than um, actually um, knowing enough about it to to write intelligently, even though it's a fiction book, uh, in this case that I was writing. But the the one thing that was nice uh, about this trip is that for a first time trip to Africa, I mean, the first time I went, I'll I'll divert just for a minute, um, you know, I at night you could hear the lions roaring uh, at one point in the Serengeti in East Africa, uh, we were in a tented camp on the ground and a a leopard went by and like rustled the side of the tent where I was sleeping. Uh, So, you know, the there's that sort of becoming comfortable uh, being in such uh, a remote place surrounded by wild animals. But, you know, it's, it's safe for the most part, if you're not doing something really stupid, like, you know, walking around in the middle of the night or something in lion territory. Uh, But uh, at least when I, uh did this trip for the research i was well past that stage of being a little bit nervous a little bit um you know uh, i guess needing to become comfortable with with my surroundings but we did the the part the safari we um found uh through the the company that um, we stayed with them Botswana in their camps was a camp uh, company called wilderness safaris, and they have wonderful camps there. And uh, they were able, they also helped sponsor some lion research among other things. And, They are associated with a program from Oxford University uh, in England. And they put me together with a young woman, Robin Kotke, who's a lion researcher. And then she spent three days or allowed us to spend three days with her in the field. uh, So I could once again learn about what a lion researcher does because I had this great idea. You know, I'm going to write Um, about lion research. Wow, Alexa is in Africa. That's my lead character. Uh, But then I realized, well, what does a lion researcher do every minute of the day? I had no idea other than it's like a a good thing that they do. So uh, Robin was very helpful for that. Um, I also went to the capital city where I'd never been. And that was an interesting experience. It's called Habarone. Um, There's a novelist. Alexander McCall Smith who writes a series called the number one ladies detective uh, agency, I think it is. Um, and that's located in that city of Havarone, but we got a tour because my character needed to go to that city. So we, we had a, a, a guy who, you know, a lo- local who took us all around to uh, showed us the government offices. And then I met with, um, a, official at the U S embassy in uh, there in the the embassy for the United States government. And he was the guy who uh, was in charge of working with all the countries in Southern Africa on conservation issues. So he was able to give me a whole lot of information about elephant poaching um, some all useful, some good, some bad. Um, but it was a really interesting trip. And that, that's just, uh, that's probably one of the most intensive types of research I've ever done for one of my books. Um, but it was very useful then when I really sat down to, to write and to edit. Um, and, you know, going into a strange environment like that, um, you know, it's, it's exciting. Um, You can also be a little, make you a little nervous. Um, But I I like to think of it as mostly good nervous. Um, And uh, you can certainly learn a lot uh, and observe an awful lot about other countries, other parts of the world, animals, you know, just see beautiful. The Okavanga Delta in Botswana is really one of the most beautiful places on earth, I think
0: sherry i'm sitting here thinking to myself that sounds like 10 or 15 trips that sounds like
2: we were there a month so
0: <laughs> i was like you must be going pillar to post every day <laughs> And you know what i think uh something else there's so much we don't know about animals really and uh, to have someone that their their work is to basically focus on one animal and, and that and the behavior it just says so much doesn't it
2: yes yeah Um, and she was getting her uh, working on several projects working for this Oxford um, conservation project and also working on her dissertation and she wrote me not that long ago that she had finished her doctorate now so uh, I was pleased to hear that yeah
0: that's excellent news. So, with all the traveling that you're doing, I think you've been over to over fifty countries and six continents. Mm-hmm. Why Pennsylvania as your home base? <laughs>
2: uh, well, I guess it was a luck of birth. <laughs> I was oops, uh, my earbud just fell out, so I'll continue talking. Um, my uh, I was born in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania which is a small town in South Central Pennsylvania. For those of you um, who aren't as familiar with Pennsylvania, um, Gettysburg is nearby um, so, uh, and the, the U.S. Army War College in Carlisle. So it's, uh, some people can place the area, but it's not that far from Maryland either. A very small town um, and Then I made the big move to go to college, to Carlisle, which uh, back in the the late 60s, even going uh, a half an hour, 45 minutes away was a big deal for me. Uh, But uh, I, I went to college in Carlisle, and that's where I met my husband, Mike. And we've basically stayed in this area ever since. Uh, for a while, when I was working with Independence Blue Cross, um, we, I, we did this remote thing where uh, my husband and son stayed here uh, in, in the, the Carlisle area uh, all, all the time because they had work and school, uh, and for uh, several years, I stayed in Philadelphia during the week. And worked there, and then came home on weekends. So that was sort of a uh, you know difficult period. But it was a job where I traveled a lot to other states. So even if I had been home in Carlisle, um, I would not have really been home for much of that. A lot of that job. Um, But even though we've been tempted sometimes, uh, at one point. when we, when we were young, right after college, um, Mike and I went on a a hippie road trip trip. We were hippies back then. And we were tempted first to live in Colorado because of the mountains and then in Oregon. Uh, But, you know, it was just a passing thought as we were, we were traveling through and we never followed up on it. We um, always just, stay here. We have a house in the woods, um, much like my heroine, Alexa Williams. Uh, and uh, really just like the 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 climate of Pennsylvania, uh, the people of Pennsylvania are very nice. And it's, uh, you know, it's close to big cities where we live, but it's very rural. So it's a nice combination.
0: And you're close to the state capital, and you're close to the outlets, right? Are they still there, the outlets?
2: <laughs> in yeah. Lancaster, there's outlets in Lancaster, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, if you drive up the turnpike.
2: <laughs> yeah, they'll be there forever. The Am- <laughs> Amish Farms right next to the outlets, a very strange county. <laughs>
0: You get a little bit of everything with the past and the present and the future. So yeah. when you think about what's coming for you next, what does that look like?
2: Um, I
0: would say more of the
2: same. Um, and by that, what I mean is I'm having fun writing. So I want to continue to write. Um, I, I really have to turn my attention to the next Alexa Williams book because I left Um, Oh, I I realized I had this here, but this is the one I just talked about, Dead on the Delta. Oh, wait, it's called. Um, And that lion there, my husband took that lion photo when we were with the lion researcher. Um, But I left this one hanging a bit uh and so uh, a lot of people keep it coming up to me and saying when are you going to write the next alexa so i i really need to turn my attention to that um and i did have fun with these travel memoirs i don't know if i'd ever do a volume three or not um i'm i have to say that i'm really winding down the consulting i've done very little this year um I work with a consulting firm out of Washington, D.C. Uh, on a sort of as-needed project basis. And I'm, I think I'm pretty much coming to the end of that road. Um, we will continue to travel, but um, we now have two lovely granddaughters, uh, one who is uh, one and a half, the other is about three and a half, uh, who live in Virginia and so we spend a lot of time with them and my son and daughter-in-law as well
0: wow that sounds like a lot of fun and a lot of good quality time for yourself and also for your family uh, shari as we come to the end of the show i'd love to have you read for us if you would like to that would be great from one of your books oh,
2: okay let me see I, I actually wasn't, I didn't realize that you might ask me to do this, <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> let me, um, okay. What, how, how, uh, just a few paragraphs? Uh, about uh, one or two minutes of reading. One or two, two minutes. Okay. I, um, I I'm looking for something real quickly. Um, that i thought i could read that quickly i'm sorry um, i should have been better prepared okay
0: right. you're fine. How you're about,
2: great. um how about this um this is out of one of the first chapters of my book beyond the sunset uh, this is the first uh and this is modes of transportation so i just hop all over the world of different types of transportation. And this is, um, this keeps with the Africa theme that we've been talking about. Uh, A more serene way to take in a striking aerial view is from a hot air balloon. Twice we've taken hot air balloon rides in Africa. Once over Tanzania's Serengeti Plain, the other time over the adjoining Masamara Plain in Kenya. The experience both thrills and calms. We left the ground just as darkness gave way to dawn. On these African balloons, we climbed into the basket as it rested on its side, sat on a seat, and clung to a strap. When the balloon heated enough for takeoff, the basket righted itself as we ascended into the sky. The pilot controls the rate of ascent, descent, and direction of the flight. From the balloon, we had an expansive view of the wild animals below. On our Serengeti flight, one of the highlights was a mama hippo with her newborn baby. Our balloon ride over the Masamara plain coincided with the annual migration of wildebeest and zebra, and the wildebeest were calving. Even hundreds of feet in the air, we could hear the seemingly endless herds bleeding and watch packs of hyena stalk the newborn calves in the growing daylight. After we landed, we had an elegant champagne breakfast in the the bush. What a surreal feeling to sit at a long table, complete with starched white tablecloth and china, dining on eggs, bacon and croissants, while watching elephants Stroll by in the distance. Our balloon ride over the temple city of Bagan in Myanmar, which is Burma, had a much different feel. This ancient city's thousands of Buddhist temples sprawl over a flat plain near the Irrawaddy River. Once again, we took off at dawn, this time in an upright basket, and floated over a magical landscape of golden temple domes and burnished sienna spires, bathed in a rosy glow from the rising sun. Very mystical and serene. So.
0: Ooh, I was right there with you.
1: Because I've been to some of those places, I'm like, oh. uh-huh. it's hard yes, uh, when they do that to the gas.
2: Oh yes, I know. You, you wanna like leap down and help them.
1: Oh, you, that is for sure.
2: Yeah, I I was thinking I might have a picture of that in here. the The book does have um, just a little sales pitch here. the The book has um, all sorts of uh, photos, like these this these polar bears, for instance. Um, but my husband and I uh, took these photos over our trips. This is what I was looking for. This is the hot air balloon oh, on the. Wow. On the Masai Mara. Yes. That's
1: so cool. Uh, yeah, boys,
2: I, actually, oh, go ahead.
1: No, no, I said I'm so excited you had that experience. It's an experience I would love to do. How about you,
0: Dr. Jen? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Sherry, for this wonderful opportunity to meet you and learn about your work and what you're doing. And I hope you'll come back and see us again.
2: Oh, thank you, thank you for the opportunity. I feel like I went on and on and on and on, but um, I hope you that's know your your to. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody found it interesting. So absolutely, thank
0: you. that's what we're here for. I think she'd be great, Dr. Jacqueline, on the our travel show. Fashion I think she would be too. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk to you about that. We have a, a show called Fashion, Travel, and Fitness. Yes. Oh. Okay. All yeah. right sure. So Sherry, we have your banner up here, but for people who are listening on the radio or later will listen on a podcast, what's the best way for people to reach out to you and how can they contact you? Well,
2: probably the best place is to look at my website, which is SherryNolton.com. You know, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. uh, And um, my books uh, you can find uh, on Amazon. Uh, Barnes and Noble, almost any online retailer. Uh, and they're also available in bookstores.
0: Fantastic. And we do have the link uh, for this book, Beyond the Sunset, Volume One Adventures Outside My Comfort Zone, here in the promotion. So please, everyone, go Thank and you. buy Sherry's book. Yes, go. Okay. And travel. Thank Get you. out of that
1: zone, right, Sherry? Yes.
2: Yes, yeah, yes. The w- the pandemic is waning, hopefully, and now's the time to step out into the world and have your own adventure. Exactly. Yeah, you
0: said. Beautiful. Thank you again for being here, and we'll look forward to seeing you back again soon.
2: Ah, thanks for the opportunity. Bye- Thank you.
0: Bye. bye for now. Bye. That was fascinating, wasn't it, Diane?
1: I loved it. And she helped bring back a lot of memories for me, too. So I want to go back to Africa. Africa has a way of it just gets in your blood and you just love it. I mean, there are so many incredible places. It is a continent, so I think it's 53 countries are in there and each one is glorious.
0: I have never been, but I just know from doing this show, we have several of our team members who are in Africa, and then we've got the Global adventure show that I've been able to see different things. It does look fascinating. Yes, and it's so different.
1: I mean, the Southern coast to East Africa, to the West, and then the Northern coast. So I think, you know, I'd like to rent my house out maybe for a year and just spend a whole year going around.
0: I bet you'll do it, Diane. One would think. Take your green screen with you, okay? Okay, that's right. (laughs) I'm sure with the lions of that.
1: (laughs) You know, when you are on a safari, you cannot make a sound or movement when you're right by the lions because they, if they see the movement, they realize that you're real and you're 3D and you could bring harm, and they'll just jump right on top of the um Jeep that you're on. So you you sit there very still. You don't make a sound. So a green screen and go, oh Dr. Jacqueline, look at the lion. <laughs> <laughs> that was some good tasty lunch there.
0: <laughs> All right, probably not a good idea. Thank you, Diane. <laughs> sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> No, no. I love it. I love it. So Diane, we have to close out because the film and music show is coming up right after this. And people are interested in following you again on Talking Heads. Tell us more about when you'll be back and what your next topic will be.
1: Sure. Uh, You always catch me off guard, Dr. (laughs) Shark. So I'm very excited to be back and I'll be back next uh, Thursday, right before this show. And it's going to be about the magic of storytelling and how you can be a storyteller, too, and some tips on being
0: a good storyteller. Thanks, Diane. And how can people purchase your books?
1: Sure. Um, Go to my website or go to Amazon. That's the easiest. And um, you go to just put in my name, Diane Floyd Bain and it'll come up. Or you can go to dianfloydbame.com, and there's a link, and I'll take you straight there as well. And the name, it's pronounced B-A-M-E, but it's
0: B-O-E-H-M.com. I told you when I first met you that I was so afraid to say your name. I was like, I can't get it. You said it rhymes with something.
1: <laughs> Bame, lame, tame, game. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got it.
0: Otherwise, I was like, boom, yeah. Diane Floyd, was the
1: same way when I met my husband. I'm like... You know, when I was growing up, girls didn't call boys. And I thought, this is the boy I'm going to go ahead and break the rule and not let mama hear me, you know? And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. You know, I was getting, we had phone books back then, remember, are you too little? And um, and uh, I'm like, wait, he says it weird. I don't know how to spell it. So
0: I didn't break the rule about
1: calling boys because I couldn't spell his name.
0: I was really concerned, Diane, until you just clarified that. All right, very good. <laughs> Well, thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday for the reunion show. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar, Mr. Alcini, one of our co-hosts and team members here, he and I are teaming up for a live streaming multi-hour event on Sunday, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So Diane will be joining us. I think you're in our second hour. That is correct. So I'm going to run to church and then run back to you. Sounds good. All right. Thanks again, Diane. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Diane. And thank you to each and every one of you. I say this every show that I, I just am so grateful for all of the likes, for all of the follows, for all of those out there who reach out and book in on our shows we are doing our programming for 2023 so if you're interested in being a co-host with me or a host or you're interested in being an expert presenter on talking heads you're interested in learning how to listen at an elevated level or you have some other amazing idea for us at usa global tv and radio please go over to one of our websites usaglobaltv.com or drjacqueline.com That's all for now. I'm going to run over to the other studio for the film and music show and we'll be right back. So you stay where you are and I'll see you shortly. Bye for now.